Welcome back to Winning at Work. It's season three, the podcast for the food and beverage and CPG world. I'm Jennifer Lee, Tony's new marketing sidekick and creative guru. I'll attempt to keep him on track as we discover the ideas and strategies behind all these different, better, and special brands. Oh, good luck keeping me on track, but I am really stoked to have you on the team, Jennifer. Your background in marketing and SEO and socials, we are going to have so much fun this year. We're going to be discovering the new brands here in 2023. It's all about functional, good for you, lifestyle brands. Those are trending. Those are the products that are gaining market share and really pulling away from those old legacy brands. We're going to have each and every one of those brands down on the podcast to talk to us, to share their ideas, their inspiration. So you, the entrepreneur, so you, the food and beverage and CPG professional can take these new ideas in and incorporate them into your business and into your life. Oh my gosh, Tony, I'm seriously so excited. I feel like I learn so much just from listening to older episodes Well, that's why we're here. And if this is your first time here, I would recommend, look, go back, take the five episode challenge, pick a brand, pick a CEO, an entrepreneur, dive in, listen to what it is that they're teaching us. If you love the content, subscribe. We hope you're along with us for the journey each and every week. By the way, do you have a favorite brand in your market you would love for us to amplify on this national platform? Reach out to us on LinkedIn and stay tuned for this week's episode. Hey, it's Jennifer. We get it. Everyone hates hiring. Inspired by his guests, Tony created a novel talent acquisition program that attracts the hidden candidate market, the 70% of people that are not actively applying to jobs. Click on the attract link in the show notes to watch a demo. All right, welcome to Winning at Work. We've got Matt Kovacs down here again from Blaze PR, the lifestyle brand. Matt, what's going on? You guys surviving the floods? We are, the floods from the drought, from everything. Yeah, we are uh, doing okay and uh, excited to be here today. You know, there's been a, a, a big trend within coffee, okay? We've seen it. We've talked a little bit about it. You've got lifestyle brands. You've got the uh, cold press You've got uh, companies and entrepreneurs that are experimenting with, what can we do different with coffee? And you came to me and you said, you've got a great idea. You've got um, a brand that you work with. And I was, I'm going to tell you, I, I've tried it. You sent, I don't know if you know this, yeah. Sam Madani from uh, Bomani. You guys sent me this beautiful uh, sample pack. Now, truth be told, I love coffee. I'm not a huge drinker, so I wasn't really sure, but I liked it. I mean, to me, the, Thank the you. it takes a minute, you know, if you're not used to like trying cold coffee with a, an alcohol or a spirit, it's kind of like your mind doesn't know what to expect. So it's a little, it's, it was different. So I really enjoy that. And, um, Appreciate it. yeah, no, you're welcome. And so you're with, uh, you're with Matt. So I'm really looking forward to kind of diving into your brand and trying to sort this out. Sam, I think it's a good opportunity to, again, let's enlighten. Let's start with Tony. We'll start with one. Give him the elevator speech of Bomani. And then I think what's really interesting is the birth of it and how you're know, surviving the pandemic and all those aspects. But yeah, start, start with the elevator speech. Yeah, 100%. First of all, thank you so much for having me on, Tony. And I really do appreciate the kind words. That's the, the product of a lot, a lot of hard work. So 
Basically, the idea for Bomani came from the three of us, me and my two best friends, coming home after 80-hour work weeks, literally changing out of our suits and ties, making espresso, and making a drink out of it. And we kind of thought after a while doing that, we're like, look, all of our friends are doing the exact same thing. So why is the only option in this moment to go get an energy drink, mix that with vodka, fill your body with like sugars and carbs and synthetic caffeine, just all the stuff we don't want to put in our bodies. Or it was to go get an espresso martini. And we loved a good espresso martini, but we didn't exactly love the inconvenience of having to go get an espresso martini. We also had tons of friends who were bartenders who hated making those drinks because those are just about the heaviest lift drinks on the menu. And they're like the lowest margin drinks on the menu. So our whole vision for Bomani Cold Buzz was let's make alcohol infused cold brew coffee. That's just three things. Let's do three things really, really well. Let's make it better for you. Let's make it tastier. And let's make it more convenient than anything else out there. Sounds super simple. But from the day that we quit our jobs, it took us a full year to build the supply chain for Bomani. That was when we were in the in the apartment every single day, playing with different bean blends, playing with different alcohol bases. My co-founder, Amin, grew up in coffee shops. So he was the one who was leading formulation. And to make matters even more complicated, for the first six months before we even quit our jobs and we were focused on formulation, we were actually still working our full-time jobs. So we were coming home after like a 9 a.m. to midnight workday. We'd come home and do two hours of formulation work. So... It was through a lot of hard work that that final product was finally created, formulated, made shelf stable, and brought to market. And on the day that we brought it to market, Tom Hanks got COVID. And I don't know if you guys remember that day, but that was like the day that everyone's like, all right, we're going inside tomorrow. Restaurants are closed. (laughs) Bars are closed. This thing is real. Put a mask on. So we're very fortunate to say that we've grown a ton in the past two years. What's really, really saved us are that the, the customers who, if they try Bomani, they come back. That's one of the strengths we've kind of learned um, pretty early on was that if we can get people to try Bomani, to experience Bomani, they're going to like the flavor. Like Tony said, if you don't necessarily, if you haven't necessarily tasted coffee with alcohol before, and you might have that hesitation, people who try it, their face lights up. They have this huge smile. We've heard so many people say, oh, this is the best feeling you can legally sell somebody. So it's that whole, that whole experience that I think has really um, helped us get to where we're at today. And we're really just getting started. I'm so glad you went back to your origin story because I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile, which I know everyone's going to go and check out now. And it's like, how does a guy come out of USC with a background in finance <laughs> and then go to Ernst & Young, you know, where you've got this. You could go into the consulting track, you can go into investment banking, and of course, it looks like you were doing you know, consumer products and M&A, so you were kind of dealing with this space sure. to some degree, right? And you're like, why are we doing the corporate gig? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think so much of that experience, and I'm still really close with my, my team from over at EY, especially the, the partner of our group. He and I are still very close, and I think so much of our experience and inspiration in wanting to start Bomani was because of the lifestyle that we and so many people like us were living where you want to go work and you want to get things done during the week and you still want to have a good time on the weekend and spend time with your friends and spend time with your loved ones. Our name, Bomani, actually is derived from a Farsi word. My parents are Iranian immigrants, as is one of my co-founders, Amin. Uh, We joke that at this point, Kai speaks fluent Farsi too. But um, Bomani is derived from a Farsi word that basically means to have purpose. The whole idea being that you deserve to be able to work towards your purpose without sacrificing your social life or your physical health. 
Talk through again. You did the um, the formulations. How did you end up with uh, where you are right now with the vanilla and and really? It, then I would say the next step is how does it resonate when you go to Tony's point of trying it and you know the mouthfeel when you start to get in front of retailers, buyers on premise, you know bartenders. What is that process like? Totally. So when we first set out on the journey to formulate Belmonte, we had a pretty simple goal. Like I said, it was make it healthier, make it tastier, make it more convenient. When it came to the actual coffee flavor. It was great that we had both Amin and Kai on our co-founding team. Amin, if you were to serve him coffee, he likes it like diesel sludge out of an oil drum. He wants the highest quality, smallest batch, most strong, bold coffee that you could find. Whereas on the opposite side of the spectrum, Kai is a much more casual coffee drinker. He'll do lattes or flat whites or you know things that have a little bit of uh, more sessionability to them. And they're a little bit more light on the flavor profile. So our goal was when it came to the flavor of the coffee make it high quality, but don't make it overpowering. And I think the balance of those two things has really resonated well with coffee people. I mean, we've won the World Beverage Innovation Award. One of the judges at the New York Coffee Festival literally hugged us, like gave us physical hugs because he was like, this is so delicious. This is one of my top three products at the entire festival. And our coffee has alcohol in it. So that's how high quality we had to go with with the bean blend and everything. So when it comes to um, getting into retail or getting into the on-premise, like bar, world of bars and restaurants. When it comes to retail, one thing that we've learned is that Bomani is not competitive with anything else out there. Like I could go to the store and pick up my favorite beer or my favorite seltzer or my favorite tequila or my favorite vodka or whatever. And I'm picking between vodka A and vodka B or White Claw and Truly. It's never White Claw and Bomani. It's White Claw or Truly and Bomani. And I think that's resonated really well with consumers because we're just offering a better alternative for a ritual that already exists. Like if you look around, how many people are starting their nights with espresso martinis or Red Bull vodkas or another coffee cocktail like a Karahi or an Irish coffee or something, right? And we, we're really proud to be that healthier, tastier, and more convenient alternative. Now, when it comes to the world of bars and restaurants, one of my personal favorite parts about Bomani is how customizable it is. Like I love hosting people. I'm a very extroverted person. So when I have people over, I love that I can have 20, 30 people over and see 20, 30, all 20 or 30 of them drinking Bomani in their own way. Like my girlfriend will do like coconut milk and agave in hers. My sister might add a little bit of oat milk. You know, one of my other friends, he likes to add like more whiskey to his Bomani. He's a nut. But the point is that he likes his Bomani his way. Actually, just last weekend, I was at a, at a friend's party and, I, and these two girls walked in with two four packs of Bomani and I didn't know them. And Whenever we see what we call Bomani in the wild, we always like to go say, thank you so much for the support, introduce ourselves and ask the question, how do you drink your Bomani? And the, when I asked them that question, one of the girls said, oh my God, don't ask her. She drinks it, whatever, such a boring way. The best way to drink Bomani is to blend it and add agave. And it's like, I've never heard that specific way of drinking Bomani before, but I think it really represents how customizable Bomani is and how all of our customers can build that individual relationship with the product. In that same vein, bartenders are so talented at incorporating Bomani in a variety of cocktails. The most popular, obviously, being the cold brew martini, just Bomani, coffee, liqueur, uh, and vodka, and just shake it really hard. Tastes really good, especially if you double strain it, nice and foamy. Um, But there are other good cocktails, like one of my favorites is the Bomani peanut butter cup. Bomani, uh, rum, whiskey, and simple syrup. Really, really easy cocktail to make, and it tastes like peanut butter. And I like peanut butter, so it's great. And there's a whole other variety of cocktails that bars and restaurants have added. So I think when it comes to retail, kind of to summarize what I was saying, when it comes to retail, 
customers and retailers appreciate that we're not competing with anything else in the sh- on the shelves or generally being additive to the consumer's experience. And it's that same experience in the on-premise with that level of um, customizability that I think consumers really appreciate. So are you selling it cold or do you sell it on the alcohol aisle in the dry? In the, was it, is it sold cold? Yeah, we always say, yeah, we always say shake twice, pour over ice and make it your own. And when you find that on shelves, we always fight to be in the fridge section, in the alcohol section. And on top of that, a lot of the stores will also do displays. So we also have like floor stacks or racks up at a variety of our retailers too. Yeah. So it sounds like with this, you know, how do you drink Bomani? That kind of sounds like it could be like a social media, um, not experiment, but a, a website, something that just kind of develops into, like you say, Bomani in the wild. How much has social media played into your your strategy of kind of penetrating the field? Yeah, definitely. It's a good question. Social media has been really useful in community building. I think during COVID, it was specifically useful because there was not a lot of other ways to discover alcohol products. But what we've seen, and I think a lot of other companies have seen, is that as the market has returned to normalcy, customers have kind of said, oh, we do want to discover alcohol at a bar or restaurant or a sampling. So a lot of our focus today is doing events and samplings and things like that. Um, But yeah, social media, when it comes to cocktail creation, has been really, really cool. Actually, during COVID, we were donating 5.7% of our net proceeds to reflect our 5.7% ABV, uh, 5.7% of our net proceeds to the Bartender's Emergency Assistance Program. And kind of what happened organically was bartenders heard and word of mouth, you know how word of mouth spreads, and they would start messaging us uh, these really long uh, cocktail recipes just to our DMs, which was so cool. So we started putting them on our website. So if you go to our website, we have a whole drink recipes section with everything from Balmani Affogados to caramel lattes it's really really cool so i recommend it if you have a bomani uh in your hand if you don't go grab it from the store and then go on the drink recipe side of to that point about social media and the community you know bomani itself seems like it's reaching more of the let's say the millennial and you know the of age gen z's now how is that important from a community standpoint because again the the oldsters and people that may not want to you know dive into it you know the uh, elements aren't going to grow that same sort of virality so yeah talk to us about reaching the brand Yeah. So these customers, which is a great thing, these customers in this next generation are smarter than I think customers have ever been before. If you talk to a lot of the people who did marketing generation, two generations, three generations ago, or you read older marketing materials, there's this outdated sentiment like, oh, the customer is stupid. It's like, that does not, I don't know what market was like then because I wasn't even alive. But in this world, these customers are smart. They're looking for ingredients that, that they agree with. They're looking for a level of sugar that they're okay with consuming. They're really smart in going and looking at the ingredient label. And a lot of they alcohol read products, the they read the label. And a lot of alcohol products don't disclose their label because they don't legally have to. We disclose our entire nutrition label and ingredient list because we value that transparency and we're proud of what we put in our product. So I think from a product perspective, that really resonates with, with the consumers. But on a deeper personal level, the brand is super, super important. So our mission is to electrify life's celebrated moments. I went to one of our happy hours recently that we had a a happy hour event at a a bar on the West side uh, in Venice and a girl crowd surfed. Like that is not something that we could have coordinated. You know what I mean? That's not usually what happy hours are like. You have this really fun brand that's celebrating living life and having a good time in a way that you're in a way that's better for you. So in other words, like we see ourselves as a live wire, but not a loose cannon. 
like I said earlier, it's about working towards your purpose and not sacrificing your social life. And I think that's really resonated with people uh, across a variety of different kind of subcommunities. So you're growing all this time. How are you doing it with your uh, talk about your team? Is it just the three of you? Is it expanding? Like, how do you pull this off? And yeah. the other thing would be interesting, too, is um, uh, your, your you know, strategy of uh, geotargeting throughout the country. But yeah, talk about your team. For sure. So I'm blessed to serve the, the best team we could ask for. I genuinely believe if you put like talent density for our team, you could put that level of talent density against any of the biggest companies in the world. We have, um, you know, the three of us co-founders, obviously, I talked about myself, Amin and Kai. We have an incredible VP finance and ops, Dustin Lester. And then we have a salesperson, Nima, who basically runs the LA market. Our team is really good at a couple of different things. One, dividing and conquering. We all have a really high level of trust for one another that if this person's going to do this job, they're going to do a good job at it, and I'm here to support them. There's not a lot of wire crossing or stepping on feet because we believe in one another. We're also really good at playing to our strengths. So for example, Amin is naturally really good. He has an incredible palate, and he's really passionate about cocktail making. He's really passionate about event hosting and hospitality. So he leads the world of the on-premise. In that same vein, Kai is really good at thinking operationally about everything. Kai has like the best memory of anyone I know, and he doesn't even try to have it. It's like this weird thing where he could not write things down and still have all this information stored in his head. And that makes him really talented at working with the distributors and the chain retailers, because so much of those operational intricacies can differentiate our brand. Dustin is better at math than, than any of us, but more importantly than him being good at numbers, he is really talented in understanding the story that those numbers tell and how it applies to the business in real time. Nima, who's our salesperson, he's extremely relatable and he loves getting his hands dirty. He'll go to bars, he'll wash dishes if you if that's what the bartender needs to show real support. So our team is really, really incredible and um, individually, but the sum of the parts, the whole is definitely greater than some of the parts. And then how do you uh, expand? How does a brand, because I think, again, as, as we look at the, the listeners of this podcast, it's always, you know, entrepreneurs, people. So how do you expand from your LA SoCal roots and be able to resonate and be relevant? You know, it, it, is it, you know, like on the coasts? Like, what is your strategy? Yeah, totally. So I think our strategy at a really fundamental level is to create passionate customers. So if you look, you know, two years back or even, even really a year ago, the general adage in our industry was, uh, growth at all costs. And everyone was doing growth at all costs. Doesn't matter what you burn, raise what you need to raise and, and just go. Whereas we kind of looked at it differently in early 2022 and we're like, wait, this growth at all costs thing doesn't seem sustainable. It's only a, it's only a mantra that's a couple of years old. And our opinion was that we should focus more on a path to profitability. How do you focus on a path to profitability? You focus on creating passionate customers. You focus on creating word of mouth effect. You focus on building something that you're really genuinely proud of. So even looking at LA or Southern California right now, we're less than one half of 1% of the markets of you know hard seltzer, canned coffee, canned cocktails, and on-premise energy. We're less than like one half of 1% of that market. You know what I mean? We have so much space just in Southern California. And we believe that by geotargeting, to use the word that you kind of uh, mentioned, by geotargeting the experience to start, you really create that word of mouth effect. So the growth comes from a snowball of customers that are buying more in each store. So for example, you, you get into a list of stores, you build demand to a critical mass in those stores, then you add new stores. Then you build the demand to critical mass and then you go kind of rinse and repeat with that process. So we've increased our store count. I mean, 
Uh, we have the highest level of mandate from Whole Foods. We're in all the Whole Foods in Southern California. Ralph's, who's owned by Kroger, has been a phenomenal partner to us. They just doubled our footprint in LA, gave us you know, every store that we asked for. Um, in the on-premise, we've like tripled our store count year over year. So we've really grown um, grown healthily and grown steadily. But we've grown by building the demand first and then adding the doors to satisfy that demand. So that strategy will apply to Southern California and also to, to the other markets as we scale up. Um, and we believe that just by building a strong brand in, in a city like LA that is as trend-setting as it is, um, we will have the benefit of going into new markets and not having to start from zero like we did when we first started the business. Well, talk to us about your strategy with co-packers and dealing with, you know, aluminum and canning. Obviously, that there's been some, you know, challenges. We've all heard about that in supply chain. So how have you guys kind of managed that and managed the demand from the field with what can be produced within your existing uh, manufacturing capacity? Yeah. So I think a lot of when you think about manufacturing and supply chain, a lot of it goes back to just two things that work in business in general, just planning and discipline. Like if you have those two things, planning and discipline really in place, you'll be in a much better position for aluminum, for coffee, for other raw ingredients, making sure that you have line time, all of those pieces fall into place if you have planning and discipline. Now, unfortunately, like you said, we launched during COVID, which was the least predictable time of all uh, you know, in recent history, which made planning extremely difficult. So when we came out the gate, we had to always take measured risks. You know, is it a bigger risk to run out of product? Is it a bigger risk to over order? How do you meet those? How do you meet those criteria? And the answer to that one is have discipline on the rest of your books to allocate enough budget to make sure that you're ready for the supply chain. Because at the end of the day, if you can't make the product, all of the marketing and all of the sales efforts are all for nothing, right? You have to be able to make product in order to sell product. So if you're thinking about manufacturing and supply chain, it's my recommendation is very straightforward. Plan and be disciplined around it. What's the uh, future like for you guys? What's the um, next steps? New flavors, new um, uh, you know uh, delivery systems. How is it looking? Yeah, absolutely. So we have some product innovation in the hopper for sure. So stay tuned on that. I'm not sure when this is coming out, but by the time it comes out, hit us up on Instagram at Drink Bomani, and um, we have some really exciting product innovation coming up. I'll leave it at that for now. But nice. uh, the other things we have going on too, like a lot of the world of events. So especially in LA, we throw really memorable events. I mean, we threw a concert at like an ax throwing venue. You know what I mean? Um, we throw, we have like gongs and two foot tall cocktails at our at Bomani brunch. So all those types of events, we have a lot more fun ones coming up as well. Uh, basically, basically once a month, we have a really big and memorable event. Well, you know, it seems to me with your strategy kind of building into your, your mission, you know, to, let me see if I get it right. Electrify life's electric moments. Did I say that right? Electrify life's celebrated moments. Close. Celebrated. Celebrated. Close. It was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it, that kind of opened you up to just go to so many events all over the country. All like, that's what people want. I remember watching a, um, a shark tank episode and Mark Cuban invested in a experiential company and all they were doing were putting on live events, live interactive kind of events. So that kind of shows you where we are as consumers. We want to go and experience things. So there you are, right, to be at those events like you mentioned, axe throwing. It kind of sounds like that'd be kind of a cool, fun, you know, vibe company to be at those events, you know, find those events. Is that, 
is that sort of a, a strategy that you guys think about? Like picking the big ones that are out there, let's have a presence and let's give, give some product away. What, how does that work? Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, there's two different types of events, I guess. When I say that, when I say events, one is Bomani owned. So we throw the whole event, we book the talent, we do X, Y, and Z to make sure that the whole event is Bomani branded. The other one is the one that you just mentioned, which is tapping into an existing event. And there are a lot of benefits to tapping into existing events, especially with communities that Bomani resonates well with. For example, one community that we've always done well with is the music crowd. Like the crowd that's going to music festivals or concerts or shows for the music. You know what I mean? So that crowd is always, and and musicians themselves, music managers, like everyone in the music industry has naturally shown a lot of love for Bomani. And so, for example, this past summer, we were at Splash House, you know, the event in Palm Springs. We were there for all three weekends. And we've done a couple of like, we've done, because of the nature of the product, we've been able to do a variety of different festivals, whether it's a coffee festival or seltzer festival or whiskey festival. People just don't really have, there's no alcohol infused cold brew coffee festival. You know what I mean? So we tap into other festivals where it's really, the the experience is so consistent that we joke that it's a metaphor for Bomani as a whole. When we get there, everyone's like, who is Bomani? What is alcohol infused cold brew coffee? But by the end of the day, we have the longest line at our booth every time, like without fail. And I think that's so representative of in building a category, there's so much groundwork that has to be done that we believe will will pay off in spades that, you know, customers will eventually discover Bomani, become customers of Bomani, and it'll be a really um, fun experience for everyone involved. Is it time for the rapid fire, Tony? I think we're getting close, but you mentioned <laughs> one thing. You you said, uh, I, does he even know that this no, exists? No, he has no idea. No, no, no. Okay, you, good. You so, he next, yeah. just, oh, so he can just kind of... So he can just kind of stir on, oh my God, what is, what's about to happen. So <laughs> would you, would you consider Bomani and what you're trying to accomplish as a kind of a pioneer? Cause you know, we've got all different names for different categories and phases are, do you generally feel that this is a pioneering category? I think this is a totally untouched category. Yeah. I mean, when you think about the category, especially in the off premise is literally untouched there. The caffeinated alcoholic beverage options in the off premise are extremely limited and it's partially because it's really difficult to get products like Bomani to taste good and to get them in cans. Um, there have been other products historically that release caffeinated alcoholic beverages, but I mean, I've listened to podcasts or even met some of the people who are involved in some of the other companies. And the space is so nascent because a lot of the people who start the companies start them because they're like espresso martinis are popular. So I could put an espresso martini on shelves and pay no attention to where we source the coffee, which like you can't do that. And if you're going to make the product taste good, like we use hundred percent ethically sourced Arabica beans from Southern Mexico, Peru, and Nicaragua. We grow all of our beans at elevation 1500 to 1500 feet, steel cut and medium roast and then cold brew them. So that process, that level of attention needs to exist in order for a product like Bomana to be successful, which is why it's such a new category. And we're really proud to be you know, at the forefront of building. I love that because I, we've had several coffee brands on here and there is a real deep passion, not just about the coffee and the way it's uh, grown and roasted, but then you've got the farmers and the community. So you have an opportunity to touch a lot of different people and impact a lot of different aspects of, of your supply chain. So you're right. You can't just, you know, mail that in and just go grab some coffee out of Costco and, yeah. <laughs> you know, mix that in. All right, Matt, let's take him through your gauntlet. 
Let's these are um, yes, fun, and I think you'll have a good uh, experience because you're you're pretty fast. So the one that we start <laughs> with is what's the best hundred dollars you spent recently uh, on yourself? What was it and why? Best hundred dollars I spent on myself. I got a lot of dessert. We were uh, at a restaurant that I really like on the west side, and I literally probably ate like a half a cake to myself. This is right before the holidays when diets didn't exist. Uh, it was just a nice break, man. It's so unlike me usually. And to just send it like that felt good. Nice. All right. What, um, talk about a trend that's exciting you right now, what you're seeing as you know, get into the year. Ooh, that's a good one. I think general uh, appreciation for more craft products. That was something that we saw going into COVID. And I think during COVID, a lot of people just retreated to what they knew with the rise of Gen Z and with millennials who are just willing to get more experimental, you see a lot of really quality brands getting the attention. That they deserve. All right. What advice would you give your younger self? I mean, you're already pretty young. So, I mean, we got to, <laughs> hey, we, we, yeah. <laughs> we got to cap this. We got to cap. I mean, we go, don't go too far back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not going to give myself driving advice, but um, when, when, if, okay, if I go back to my younger self, I would say, budget and then double whatever you budgeted just to be safe. All right. Tell us something that's true that no one agrees with you about. Ooh, that's a good one. That Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is Kendrick Lamar's second best album. It's better than, um, to pimp a butterfly. And then lastly, what what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote. This is going to be really funny. I don't know if it's my favorite quote overall, but I just over the holidays watched Pirates of the Caribbean with my little cousin. And there is a crazy deep line in that in that movie where Jack Sparrow says, the problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude about the problem. And I was like, that actually is super relevant in life. And coming from Johnny Depp's even better. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. No, no irony there. I could just see the nice T-shirt of Jack Sparrow, his hair. <laughs> Um, what's the best way, Sam, for people to reach out and just kind of sample or try the product if, if they want to give it a shot? Yeah, for sure. So if you're in Southern California, check out our store locator. Like I said, Ralph's and Whole Foods are your best bet as far as retailers go. We're in a long list of incredible bars and restaurants, too. Definitely recommend uh, going to check out one of the bars and restaurants, too. Those are on the store locator as well. Hit us up on Instagram at drinkbomani. That's drink, B-O-M-A-N-I. And if you want to reach me, LinkedIn, Sam Madani. My last name is just M-A-D-A-N-I. Yeah, that'll definitely be linked in the show notes. So cool. because uh, be, because it's alcohol, you really, you're not in that DTC space, right? That's not something you can really deal with. So we are, yeah, we are in the DTC space. If you're not in Southern California, definitely check out our website. The reason I always recommend if you're in Southern California to go back from stores is because um, it's it's more economically friendly to our to our customers if you can go yeah, buy in stores. Um, but yeah, if you live outside of Southern California, we can ship to 30 some odd states. So definitely check us out on our website, strictbowmoney.com. Okay, that's great. That's great. Well, Matt, you've done it again. I, I, I hope you um, appreciate a little bit more about what it takes to run a podcast today with me making you do more of the heavy lifting. That's fine. Hey, I'm getting there. Pretty soon you'll just sit back <laughs> and just hit play. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that day. Um, Well, this has been great. Uh, It's a new category, as you say, you're you're pioneering, and that's why we really wanted to have you on, just to kind of understand, you know, how you're getting there, what's happening, the trends that you're seeing, and 
I think you've got a just such a huge runway in front of you because people love spirits, they love you know alcohol, and of course coffee, and of course you mix it all together, and it's just cold, it's convenient. And as we said on one of our other podcasts, if it's not cold, it's not sold. So with <laughs> yours being cold, y'all, that's a good quote there, there too you for you. Um, so I hope everyone enjoys it. Uh, Sam, great to meet you. So so glad you could come down on Winning at Work today. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Matt, you want to say anything? Uh, oh, I, final... I was waiting for your, like, where you do your... your no, your no, snack. I was going to let you, I was gonna let you <laughs> say something. I'll, I will do it as well. All right. I'll add, go ahead. Say yes, your goodbye. Sam, thank you. Great seeing you. Excited that uh, the brand's thriving and uh, want to find out what's coming up next. Thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate that. Thanks, guys. There it is. That's, See, that's not right. right. <laughs> your hands. <laughs> I know that, 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 that's the unofficial marker that yeah, shows exactly. up. Wait, we should keep that banter in between the two. That was really funny. <laughs>